Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast The Endurance of Labor Laws. I'm your lovely host Leslie Sullivan, and today is episode 221, and we are going to take a look at the Bureau of Indian Affairs Police. We've discussed them a little bit in times past, but mostly we've just touched on the Bureau of Indian Affairs, but we've never actually gone into great detail about their police that they have, which is very interesting. But before we dive into that, I want to give a big shout out to my listeners because as usual, you guys are awesome. We love to see you here. So a big shout out to Oklahoma, California, New York, Virginia, Texas, Pennsylvania, British Columbia, Florida, Illinois, Georgia, Oregon, West Virginia, Indiana, New Jersey, Massachusetts, Ohio, Minnesota, Alabama, Nebraska, Washington, Colorado, District of Columbia, also known as DC, aka the swamp, we need to drain it. Um Mississippi, Tennessee, Rhode Island, Kansas, Louisiana, North Carolina, Nevada, Maryland, Utah, Michigan, Iowa, Alberta, New Brunswick, Wisconsin, Connecticut, Manitoba, Hawaii, Newfoundland and Labrador. Let's see here. <coughs> Excuse me. Still have a little bit of a cough, but I'm getting better. In terms of countries, the United States, Canada, uh the Russian Federation, the United Kingdom, Australia, the Netherlands, Slovakia, South Africa, Japan, Denmark, Uzbekistan, Iran, Palestine, and Morocco. Good to see all of you. Okay, so we are diving into the Bureau of Indian Affairs in in terms of their police. So this is very interesting here. Um their their jurisdiction structure is very unique because the Bureau of Indian Affairs, it's kind of like having a nation within a nation, which is why I'm not a fan of the Bureau of Indian Affairs because the federal government has given them uh basically federal land and they give them special permissions that do not apply to all citizens so there um just within that respect there is inequality so I'm not a fan of that um but to dive into this it says the bureau of indian affairs police office of justice services also known as bia police is the law enforcement arm of the united states bureau of indian affairs the bia's official mission is to uphold the constitutional sovereignty of the federally recognized tribes and preserve peace within indian territory it's very interesting that they talk about preserving peace within indian territory when typically um with indians um way back in the day whether they were on reservations or not um they were very tribal people and they were killing each other practicing cannibalism and they were very pagan So it's interesting is that these civilized tribes um were not very civilized at all. Uh they come from a very pagan culture, very nomadic culture. So it's one of those things that you you have to be careful um who you align yourself with because like I said, it's a nation within a nation and that's why there tends to be a lot of fraud and corruption within the Bureau of Indian Affairs unfortunately. Um it says here it provides police investigative um I guess investigations, corrections, technical assistance and court services across uh 567 registered Indian tribes and reservations especially those lacking their own police force. Here's the thing. Um they don't always necessarily lack their own police force. They just lack doing what's right because a lot of these tribes are very corrupt and I think that's very unfortunate because I think the members of these tribes deserve way better but the people that they should blame are their leaders. So kind of not a good thing with these Indian tribes on that. 
Um, in 2004, this is very old data in terms of this number, the agency had employed 320 officers. I'm assuming it's probably closer to 800 now, considering that that was quite a ways ago, or, or quite a while back, I should say. So the BIA police or federal police officers who endorse all federal laws relating, uh, relating to Indian country, including Title 16, uh, Conservation, Title 18, Criminal Law and Procedure, and Title 21, Food and Drugs. I don't know what that has to do with that because they don't really know what they're doing in regards to that. And so they're basically enforcing the code of federal uh, regulations, which is good. They do need to do that to protect the Indian reservations if they're going to have them. Me personally, I don't think we should have Indian reservations anymore because those are a thing of the past. Because Native Americans, they are citizens of the United States. But unfortunately, within the Bureau of Indian Affairs, it's like they have dual citizenship. And that's not really, that, that's not the way to go. And that's not good for America, not by any means. Um, the BIA has hiring preferences for Native Americans, but will hire non-members who have the proper qualifications or educational requirements. So right there, they are discriminating against someone based on race and um, ethnicity. So that's discriminatory. But unfortunately, these federal agencies like this, they get away with practicing discrimination because they skirt federal law. Whereas in the private sector, we can't do that. <laughs> so it's kind of like, do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> Um, but anyway, kind of funny, but just kind of is what it is. Um, it says the division of operations consists of six regional districts with 208 bureau and tribal law enforcement programs employing about 3,000 police officers. Um, of the 208 programs, 43 are operated by the Bureau of Indian Affairs. I would imagine that those are probably riddled with fraud and problems just, just because of how these things tend to run within these Indian tribes. And if you need an example of that, that would be like the casinos that they have. They're very corrupt. They have amazing entertainment, yes, and, and, and hotels, but it's very much corrupt. A lot of the money is not going to their, to, I was going to say their citizens, um, but it's not citizens, to their members of their tribe. Because they don't really care about their people. They say they do, but they really don't. Um, in terms of duties, um, they do have specifically police officers, and they respond to calls concerning felonies and misdemeanors under federal, state, local, and tribal laws, and they investigate those, apprehend arrests, and detain all persons charged. Here's the thing. I know from living here in Oklahoma um, that the odds of the Indian police actually protecting you if you're not Native American are few and far between. Anything, if anything, they will help the person shake you down for money, especially in the parking lot at a casino. So... <laughs> You just have to be very careful and know what you're getting into and be careful where you travel on Indian reservations. Even if it is a casino, you still have to be careful and be mindful of those things. Um, this department also has correctional officers. I did not know that, but it says the BIA uh, correctional officers are federal law enforcement officers responsible for the operation of BIA correctional facilities. Um, I didn't know that they had correctional facilities, but I'm guessing they do if they have them located on the premises of the reservations. So I would imagine that that would be so. Um, they do also have special agents, and these are technically criminal investigators that investigate a pretty wide range of criminal activity, including homicide, rape, sexual abuse, and assault. Um, here's the thing, though. A lot of these Indian reservations are extremely corrupt, and the domestic violence and the murder rate is excessively high 
um within these indian tribes and on their on their land so you have to be careful with things like that so You know, whenever they say they care about their people, they actually don't because their women and children get killed very quickly and very easily, and it's very brutal. Um, their men also um, kill each other. It's just like gang violence. It's it's not appropriate. It's quite disturbing what they do, and it's one of those things that this is one of the problems with these Indian reservations. In that, you know, Indian reservations, they had their time and their place. um but we we don't do those things anymore but unfortunately because they still have the reservations and they still have that federal land they are still causing problems for their own people so it's not people from the outside causing issues it it is turbulence and i would say um immoral and illegal behavior that is occurring from within their tribe but yet they don't care to address that because they just kind of view it as oh well you know we're we're native americans we do our own thing yeah but you're you're killing your own people and that is a big problem now in regards to these officers they do have training and career advancement obviously that's always good um they also have training for correctional officers um they train at a federal law enforcement training center it's about 6 weeks of formal training um hopefully it's it's good um i'm not really sure how well trained they are just being that you know I'm I'm originally from Oklahoma and I know that our Indian reservations here <coughs> excuse me and our Indian tribes um they have a hard time doing what's right because there is a lot of corruption because of greed um within the casinos so it's kind of those things they don't know how to separate due diligence from love of money so it's one of those things that that's where they have a huge problem with greed So if you have a problem with greed and you don't address it then then you are not practicing um morals and values and you're not doing your due diligence to actually guard and protect your people or your family so that's kind of a big issue there um within this agency they also have special agents so they have 10 weeks of formal training in criminal investigative techniques again at the federal law enforcement training center I don't really know how well trained they are because again I'm not very impressed with Indian reservations or their policing. Um it tends to be kind of crazy like the wild wild west. It doesn't really make sense. Um but some of the things that they get trained on is criminal law, kind of hypocritical because they don't really enforce that. Uh use of force, rules of evidence, surveillance, arrest procedures, search warrant procedures, detention and arrest, use of firearms, vehicle operations and courtroom demeanor <laughs> that's kind of a joke <laughs> um you know considering hadn't read that one before but um considering um the problems they have within their tribes i don't think they have um very good manners or very appropriate uh, demeanor especially when they are investigating crimes because they don't care to do what's right to guard and protect their people so it's kind of like you know that that is a problem there and um it does get in the way um there are different salaries for these for these different types of work within this agency um special agents can begin at the GL-7 9 or 11 level or they can start out at GL-9 11 or 12 level depending upon which positions are available so it really depends on what exactly is their experience and exactly you know what job do they apply to and where do they want to go you know because there there's so many different routes 
to do, um, I would say to have a really good career. And I pray that they do have a really good career because that's really important. Um, at the same time, I think this agency has a lot of problems uh, because of corruption within the Indian tribes. And that, that's been going on for a long time. This is nothing new. And unfortunately, um, the federal government kind of fell for the Indian tribes playing their violin. Oh, look what the white man did to us years ago. Give us land. Let us do whatever we want. It's our land. We will have our own rules, laws, and, and things of that nature. Well, here's the thing. Tribal law is just that. It's tribal. It's not normal. It's not rapping. And so what's been going on within the Bureau of, of uh, Indian Affairs is they have been trying to merge the tribal way of running a civilization with the way that things are now within a democracy. Well, you can't have both. You know, it's like it's like I've said in times past in previous podcasts where you know, I can't stand that phrase where, where they say it takes a village to raise a child. Actually, it doesn't. Because what if the village is corrupt, evil, wicked, pagan, cannibalistic? practicing voodoo or witchcraft, which is what some of these people do. So it's one of those things that when you are practicing a pagan religion or a pagan lifestyle, um, there tend to be very much extreme human rights violations, and they tend to be at a, at a much higher rate, because whenever you have human rights violations, it tends to be really bad for women and children, because technically um, Indian tribes... I know that their culture goes back a long time, but it's very much cult-like. It's very similar to Mormonism. It's very similar to Church of Christ. Um, you know, like, for example, I think it wasn't until the 20th century or something until they had their first uh, female Indian chief. So for hundreds, if not thousands of years, they only had men be the chief of the tribe. So women were always just kind of kept in teepees or whatever and... And you know their their job was to cook and breed. So is that really what you want in our society today? I would say no, because we know that women are more are, are more accomplished than that, and they have the ability to do more with their life. But if women are constantly being suppressed by men, then they don't really stand a chance of you know moving upward in mobility in terms of society because someone's always squashing them and you know pushing them down. So needless to say, you know, there are some people that I've met over the years, they just think that Indians are peaceful, uh, wonderful people, and there are some nice Indians out there. You know, I've met some. I've met some really cool Indians over the years, especially the younger generation. Older generation, not so much. They tend to be rigid, corrupt, uh, crooked, and don't really value human life. Um, but the younger generations, they understand that, hey, you know, they understand that, yes, they are Native American or they are Indian, But, you know, there, there are certain types of lifestyles that you cannot participate in anymore. Like, like you can't be pagan, really, in the United States and, you know, not break a federal or state or local law. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, you know, you have to be aware of these things. So needs to say, the Bureau of Indian Affairs, they've gotten away with quite a bit. And it doesn't tell me their budget, per se, in terms of the um, the uh, the police aspect of it. But I would imagine that it's not super huge because, first of all, they don't have a lot of employees. It's not like the EPA or something. But still, this agency, the Bureau of Indian Affairs, they waste and spend a lot of money because they get away with it. You know, it, it kind of seems to me like if someone plays a violin, 
then it's like, oh, then we have to give them all this money because they're sad. I don't think so. You know, everybody has had some kind of hardship in their life or in their past or within their ancestry or within, you know, just the genealogy of the human race. But does that mean that the federal government or the taxpayers of this country are responsible for everybody else's misery and our our tax dollars should go towards that? I don't think so because the past is the past. Like how can you focus on the here and now and the future if we are constantly looking to the past and and doing these stupid things like reparations and things like that? Like you know, I I am, you know, fairly Yeah, I would say fair skinned, but I am not responsible for any of the things that happened to the Native Americans. So I don't think that my tax dollars should go towards these departments at all like this because we're just constantly living the past and we're not moving forward into the future. And plus also because we're not moving forward into the future, we're not addressing the corruption within this federal agency and we are not addressing the corruption and the very high murder rate and the very high domestic violence rate within the tribes within the United States. So if we're not going to address the here and now and the future, then I don't really think our money should be going towards this and just being poured down a rat hole. Because I mean, if they're still having all these issues and and they're not addressing them, then that tells me they're not doing their job and they're not doing it well. So very unfortunate, I pray that they correct those things and that things get better because as I've said, You know, their people don't deserve to to be treated like this. You know, but here's the thing, they're being mistreated by their own. It's not by outsiders. You know, the the turbulence and the conflict is coming from within. But there are so many people that live in these Indian tribes um to question or doubt or to leave the tribe is just like virtually impossible, which which is why I compare it to a cult. because if you try and venture out on your own and have your own life your own private life and have your own success i mean you you are basically blackballed and it's just so these people they they really don't know what to do another thing that i i came across with this and i've mentioned this before um you know a lot of the native americans especially here in oklahoma a lot of them don't even own their own property but yet they think they own their own house they think they own their vehicles but really it belongs to the tribe specifically the chief and his goons so needs to say whenever a family goes to sell their house or their car you know they don't even have a clue that it's not their name on the title it's someone else's so they've been lied to So that's that's another form of fraud within these Indian tribes that they don't want their people to know what actually is going on. You know, they kind of have this ignorance is bliss mentality, but you know what? It's you know, ignorance is not bliss for the people that are suffering, you know, at the hands of those that are lying to them about private property and how it works and how it doesn't work. So needs to say, Indian tribes do not, you know, typically they do not understand the importance and the legality of private property that's been a huge problem with indian tribes it's been going on for years and it stems back to the origins of their people really because typically indian tribes were originally nomadic so they never really owned any land so for them to say oh you know we owned you know the eastern part of the united states or whatever or the mississippi delta or whatever the case may be they never owned anything they just squatted on it you know just showing up and plopping down on someone's land doesn't mean that you own it like they they had no legal documentation for anything that they had 
prior to the federal government assigning them Indian reservation land. So then how can they say they actually owned anything because they were nomadic? They did not build cities, they did not build towns, they did not build roads, they did not build hospitals, they did not build a banking system. It was tribal, it was nomadic, uh, sometimes it was cannibalistic. I mean, you can actually go to a museum here in Oklahoma, I think it's called Willow Rock, and you can actually see shrunken heads here. Like, that's tribal mentality right there. So it's like, you know, those people that do those kind of things... that's very pagan it's very evil very wicked so i mean there's a reason why the united states army and military fought the indians because they were doing really horrible things to other native american tribes but they were also attacking uh, white settlers and also they were uh, stealing people's slaves because what what a lot of people don't want to acknowledge excuse <coughs> me is that native americans they had slaves as well they had slaves that were native american in other words from other tribes they had african american slaves aka negroes and they all said white slaves so i mean slavery is not just um a european thing it, it is not slavery goes back hundreds if not thousands of years it's nothing new but native americans you know they they are they are not these sweet innocent people that you think they are like their heritage is that of violence and killing people So needless to say, when they don't really care to change and they are still having all this violence on the reservations, you know, I, I kind of have to say, hey, what's going on with this? You know, because this is a big problem. If they really wanted to change, then they would just see themselves as American citizens, not Native American citizens, because you can't have a nation within a nation. I mean, it would be like if the Civil War never ended. It'd be like if we still had the North and the South. Obviously, we don't have that anymore, and you can't have that and call yourself a nation. See, that's what I'm talking about when I'm saying that you cannot have a nation within a nation, and that is exactly what has been going on for a long time in regards to the Native Americans being given federal land and then having a Bureau of Indian Affairs. They can't hardly run their affairs at all. It's very corrupt. and now they're getting into the banking system <laughs> you know the banking industry i'm just thinking really just what do you think they're going to do with your money i mean really think about it. i mean it's just like come on now let's wake up folks um but i will go ahead and in this podcast but as usual until next time i pray that you're happy healthy and whole that you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week thank you so much god bless and bye bye
Don't let this world go down 